1: if you are international
0: and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org circles and add the internet church circle to your calendar.
2: Welcome back to the move where we are vibing with the book 10 minutes at a time.
0: The next 10 minutes we're looking at Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 all the way to 18.
2: What did you get from these uh what four or five, six verses? Four, five, if, five, if There four.
0: was a, a meme that I could use to describe my experience reading these verses. Mm-hmm. You know the one from the hangover where the dude's just like, he's kind of got the glasses on and all the numbers and math equations are flying by? Uh-huh. And it's just like, whoa. What's the hangover? The hangover is a movie. That's where the that that meme comes. You, you're familiar with the meme, right? Wait, what? The meme. What? The meme as the genre of content. Mm -hmm. That one where the guy's wearing the glasses and like all the math equations are flying by. People use it to describe like, wow, that's really deep.
2: So is this a... What's the reference here? Hangover. What's a hangover?
0: Hangover is the the movie that that meme is extracted from.
2: And this is how you troll your friends, ladies and gentlemen.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That's how I felt. <laughs> oh, man, that's how I'm feeling right about now. I was like, dude, is this guy that old? He doesn't know what a meme is. He doesn't ha- never heard of the hangover before. There are some times where we have conversations like there's a generational divide here still. <laughs> They're, they're still there's still a technological no. divide <laughs> that, right. that is to be certain
2: <laughs> uh, technological divide might be true but generational i mean young 13 14 year old Koo isn't watching tv is he
0: <laughs> yes uh, where was it
2: that Koo <laughs> stops watching tv
0: when i stopped watching yeah. tv i stopped what do you mean like when i became like super religious yeah i stopped watching tv right around 17 17 to about let's say 23 so there you go
2: there's about a six year gap from i'm guessing 20 uh, like 08 yeah to 12 13 something like that gone nothing
0: i I had a binge watch a lot on netflix afterwards
2: well actually in 08 justin we had our first black president oh really
0: (laughs) wow that's great congratulations (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we but should probably get to this, yeah. Get okay, to this. Okay, okay, verse okay. yeah so you're watching the meme the hangover is it just, Zach Galifianakis? that's thank you thank you and then you're you're reading this and what is it what, what are
0: all the numbers coming at you well there's just a lot that's being <clears> talked about and, and and it's hard for me to read this passage just as it is at face value because of the kind of the, the theology that was thrust upon me when i was kind of in this really really zealous stage so some of the questions that immediately jump out to me is like, well, what does it actually mean to be made in the likeness of man? And the first question that jumps in my mind, and maybe this isn't where we want to go for the passage, Mm -hmm. but this is just what I was thinking about. It's like, okay, what does it mean when Christ becomes like us? Mm -hmm. What does like us mean? And the question is, at least in the circles that I traveled, is that that pre-fall? Is that post-fall? What does that mean? Like what kind of nature, what kind of human nature does Mm -hmm. that look like? Mm -hmm. And there's a whole bunch of implications as to that question, but That's just kind of where my mind went at the very beginning of it all. Yeah, yeah.
2: And this is. To be sure that Jesus takes on a human nature, he comes in the flesh. This is what it is, right? This is the idea that he comes in the flesh and he partakes in the same things as the rest of humanity, right? So his brothers and sisters that share in the human nature, this is why he is the son of man. So like Adam, he is constituted in human nature, the divine person, so that in becoming the human nature, he can actually, like we said uh, in the last episode, that which he assumes is that which he heals so that he heals humanity through his actually taking on and indwelling in flesh so you have a lot of themes here you have the incarnation right uh, the, the, these themes of Emmanuel God with us and then also transitioning into atonement themes Ooh. right so this is why in these when we broke up Hebrews remember we broke it up once and then I went back and I was like, "Wait, we should probably slow it down yeah
0: I think we're only gonna make it through like 30 episodes or yeah something man. Like that, but we've expanded on it
2: yeah because there's so much going on here so and and watch as to why That through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through the fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So he destroys the devil
0: Mm -hmm.
2: on behalf of those who through the fear of death were subject to slavery. So the destruction of the devil is in order to release those who had a fear of death and were subject to lifelong slavery. I have actually thought through that sort of triumvirate over and over and over, Ooh. and I'm not sure if I can get a clear pathway, uh, and maybe not, and I mean a clear pathway uh, through all those three mm-hmm. without it being so
0: deeply layered. Because okay. think about this. How do you destroy the devil? The devil destroyed now? No. No. Well, I mean, presumably no. Yeah. Right. Still walks around like a lion seeking whom he could devour kind of a thing, right? Right. So then how is it that the devil is actually
2: destroyed through the incarnation of Jesus?
0: Yeah, it makes me think of that passage in Revelation where it's like he's thrown down, he's defeated. And it's like, well, yes, he was defeated in the celestial sense, like Mm -hmm. he's kicked out, evicted of heaven, and yet he still has a prowess here on Mm -hmm. this earth. So maybe the way that he's defeated is a certain way that he's limited Mm -hmm. in his ability to move freely Mm and his ability to to enact what he desires to do. Mm
2: Mm-hmm yeah one of the thoughts that comes to mind is actually when Jesus is teaching about uh binding up the strong
0: man right. right yeah yeah
2: yeah and and he actually binds up the strong man in a subversive sort of way where he destroys the sort of the legal authority right mm-hmm. not only legal authority but real authority that this strong man has over his captors mm-hmm. right? so that if a strong man has um Authority over body,
1: mm-hmm.
2: over a legit body. He just instead of subdued the way that su- strong man is subdued is that that body's remo- well no the body's removed oh okay right so yes yeah, certainly Jesus uses this illustration of like binding up right the strong man but the way he's bound up is that that which he has authority over is actually removed removed okay All so
0: right? the domain in which the devil has had. Uh, dominion over the realm of death, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that is removed away because death has been defeated.
2: Well, he's still very much uh prince of the power of the air, and in, in, in certain senses, that he has dominion over the realm of death. But think about right in a jail. In a jail, right, mm-hmm. the guards have authority over the inmates. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. What happens if you Leave empty the jail. the jail?
0: Yeah. Then no more authority. I mean, they still have authority, but over who? Exactly. Over what? Right. Okay.
2: So I think this is partly the, the the imagery when you think about it is through death that Jesus delivers humanity. Right. Yeah. yeah. He goes it's right. This this phrase that we like to use. Jesus did not die so that you could live. Yeah. Jesus died so that you could die, Mm -hmm. and he was resurrected so that you might also resurrect. Right. Right? Yeah. So that in
0: his dying, we die with him. So if we are in this prison, we have a death sentence, Mm -hmm. and Jesus takes all of us with him to the electric chair. It's Mm -hmm. kind of crude, but Mm -hmm. this is, I mean, the cross is no less Mm -hmm. crude, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And Jesus dies. Cool thing is that he doesn't stay dead. Mm -hmm. He resurrects. Mm -hmm. And so there's no need for us to remain in the prison Mm -hmm. because we've already received the judgment of death via the cross or the mm-hmm, electric mm-hmm. chair. And so we don't need to stay and hang out in the mm-hmm. prison because we've received the penalty in the person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So now we walk free and we mm-hmm. leave the jail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Very much so. So that then he partakes in this to deliver those who, through the fear of death, were subject to lifelong slavery. Mm. So now the fear of death is removed. Right. The fear of death is removed. And it's, to me, this is my reading, Right. The fear of death is such a catalyzing psychological effect within the realm of sin to actually elicit
0: sin. Hmm. Right? How so?
2: That so for instance, the fear of death is what has us looking for affirmation hmm. in the world, mm-hmm. right? I'm afraid that there is a death of my person, myself, psychologically, that I'm not going to be seen or attributed. And then what happens? The fear is the psychological terror of some impending damage or doom because of this thing. So if the fear of death exists and I see the fear of death, that I'm not going to be seen, that I'm not going to be acknowledged as a human, it might lead to all sorts of behaviors to counteract that fear that might be good or for ill.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of kind of, especially in that earlier, like post high school, early college phase where just like the existential angst of like, what's my life about? What's my purpose? And I, and, and I want to like provide some sympathy to and empathy towards those who might be feeling that the, the weight of those questions right yeah. now, I get it. And just to reflect that where I exist now, standing in confidence as to who God has created me to be, mm-hmm even if I don't know what I'm going to be doing one year mm-hmm. from now, quite literally, you and I have mm-hmm. this conversation after our last episode here at this table, mm-hmm. uncertainty towards what six months from mm-hmm. now will look like. Mm-hmm. I can, in the face of that, not have the existential angst mm-hmm. or the anxiety or stress that exists with uncertainty mm-hmm. because one thing has been solidified. Mm-hmm. And so just that that is removed when we find our identity in crisis is, is, is what I'm observing to be a common experience in to those in our community. Yeah. And, and if we can think
2: about just a panel sort of construction with the before and after, Mm -hmm. or if you think of a panel construction with, um, one category is life on the one side and then death on the other side, there is a fear that is proper to the realm of death. It's not merely the fear of dying, but the fear that emerges in death. It is the fear of death. It is the fear that is properly, located in the realm of death and it's the mm. impending doom it is the psychological terror of the nothingness of death so if you right. think about the existentialists right and you think about the philosophers Jean-Paul Sartre right you think <laughs> sure. of Beauvier or Camus or any of these um, existentialists who are actually looking out into the abyss of nothingness and then are saying how do we then respond and live In light of this impending nothingness, right? Right. Now, the response of that, you might think, well, we have a brave response to live life to the fullest in the now. Great. Great. Cool. cool. But that is a reality within the domain of death because in the domain of life that is not proper to that domain. There is no nothingness. There Mm -hmm. is a continual goodness. There is the uh, continual participation in the life that is proper to God, that is full of joy, abundance, that has no end. It might actually have new challenges, right? But those challenges are in agreement with the human capacity to actually engage a puzzle and seek a solution so that we're actively engaged and we're creating and we're making and we're doing. Like this is Good. In the realm of death, there is literally a fear that is proper to it because of the nothingness of it. Mm -hmm. And within that nothingness, there is a ruler who actually activates uh, through whispers, through temptations on those who are in that realm to actually have some sort of real psychological response because of this fear that is proper to death. Does that make sense?
0: I, th- I think I'm falling. I'm curious for you when you. If it's you, like a
2: dark shadow. It's like a cloud.
0: It's kind of like that in the
2: realm. Yeah. Right.
0: If you were to think back to what it was like for you when you're in the realm of death, when you're thinking yep. about the fear of death, what was that existential angst for you?
2: Well, it's it's how do I uh, ign- how do I account for self, hmm. and how does how is self proper in this realm? Right. So that then I'll give you a very real example that then in social situations where I'm still accounting for myself and I have not actually found the truth of myself. I'm trying on different identities to see whether or not they fit and I'm going to uh, feel better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So because of the so because of the idea that there is a way not to be the nothingness of it all, I'm then trying on I'm going to be the sports guy, right? And I'm going to be the jock, right? I'm trying on these archetypal like, like these archetype stereotypical characters, right? And so then what begins to happen is that I begin to um, become a caricature of myself yeah. and I begin to limit my sense of self because I'm trying to fit into something in order to be accepted, in order to be seen. Or maybe I might participate in something that then is harmful and damaging to myself because it fits in a certain uh, character type that is getting some social currency right? Mm -hmm. Attention, whatever it may be. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then I, before I was living confidently from the truth of who I was, because I was a beloved son who had been liberated from the domain of death. And I was just free to be because I was loved. I was trying to be, because I didn't know who I was. And in trying to be, I think the trying to be is proper to the fear of the domain of death Mm -hmm. that Jesus in his incarnation and deliverance actually delivers us from.
0: Hmm. So maybe when Jesus is talking about free, being free, free indeed, it's not just about being freed from the penalty or being freed from uh, the prison of sin, but also this, just, just this, this wandering, this aimlessness. This, uh, I guess, well, I guess it is fear, fear of fear of death, fear of the what is next. Yeah. What power does death have against those who have already died?
2: Exactly, and this is the prison mm-hmm. because. The way we talk about it, the prison of sin is the psychological. Um, extension of sin consciousness is the dwelling in sin consciousness. And sin consciousness is always working from scarcity of what I'm not and what I'm trying to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's scarcity versus abundance. When we're in the realm of death, we're always wondered and wor- wondering and worried about, well, what's next? Mm-hmm. What, what's going to happen? And, and because of that perspective, we play everything really close mm-hmm. to the chest mm-hmm. because we're not sure if this next move is our last mm-hmm. move or if this one move is going to undo everything. Mm-hmm. We're so afraid of our own capacity Mm -hmm. to to effectuate change, both for the good and for for evil. Mm -hmm. But when we exist in the realm of life, Mm -hmm. we have an abundance. We realize like everything is already ours Mm -hmm. because he's given it to us. So we don't actually have to hold back. We don't Mm -hmm. actually have to protect for ourselves. Mm -hmm. We just give and we exist and we overflow Mm -hmm. like rivers of water. And
2: so you live with open hands, right? Freely giving, freely receiving, freely giving, freely receiving, Mm -hmm. right? So So not to confuse scarcity and abundance with the accumulation of resources. Sure. So just because I have an accumulation of resources and I have abundant resources doesn't mean I'm working from abundance. Right. Because I might have accumulated said resources from scarcity and then hold on and work within those abundant resources from a scarcity mindset, Mm. right? Mm. As opposed to knowing that God is a good giver who always gives because he who gave Jesus Christ so that we might have life would not actually now withhold something from us, mm-hmm. so whether or not I have in the material realm, I know that I have through him who has loved me and has given himself for me, in that he gave himself for me, even to the point of death. Yeah, so then how do I endure in this life in light of that realization? Well, I think this is exactly where Hebrews is going, okay? Right? Look at verse 17, therefore, he had not uh, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, right? This is an intercessor. And an intercessor offers gifts unto God, right? But our merciful high priest
0: offered himself unto God so that then he could give good gifts to men, Hmm. right? So he flips the script. The idea of propitiation, the idea of a priest is typically to appease the God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But what Jesus does is he flips it in that the whole purpose of the cross is actually to give good gifts to his children. Yeah.
2: So he conquers the domain of death and makes a way through death in his life. Right. So that then the channel is open for him to actually get, give good gifts from father through him to us. Mm. Right. In mm-hmm. the person of the Holy spirit so that Jesus in his body actually overcomes the ro- the domain of death. So, the enemy, as this prison warden or police, or not police, but like this prison officer, has authority over this body, right? This body dies. Once that body dies, that warden or that officer no longer has authority over it because it's literally dead, hmm. right? They bury it in the ground outside of the prison walls because there's a cemetery out there. Mm-hmm. That prisoner pops back up, back to life, having satisfied like the requirements of this other domain that Mm -hmm. everybody in this prison is going to die. All right. Yeah, I died. Then I popped back up to life. What are you going to do now? Yeah, You no longer have authority over me, right? So to everybody in that prison, he now says, if you believe in me and put your allegiance in me, I will give you the same sort of life that I have. So even while in the prison, you live from the fullness of my life so that these prison walls can no longer hold you. Hmm. And that's what Jesus has done. He has made a way through his embodied death and now his embodied resurrection through the spirit although we're in the sin-sick world, he has delivered us so that we are now firmly established in the domain of life. Hmm. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. And so that as a faithful high priest, this is what he's given us. Mm -hmm. As a faithful high priest before God, he gives us this free gift. And the reason he can give us this free gift is because he is the one that has rightful authority to actually Mm -hmm. do so because he has destroyed the power of the prison warden.
0: Yeah. You know, I used to read this last verse where he himself has suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you're at the gym and you get a spotter. Mm-hmm. They barely like give you a little bit yeah, of a yeah, nudge yeah. just so you, if you keep trying really, really hard, yeah. then you'll finish that last trip. That's kind of how I used to feel. Like that's the way that Jesus helps us. Yeah. He knows what it's like to grind through a tough set. And so when you're struggling, if you call on him and if the bar is about to crush you in the neck, if you call him, he, uh, he'll give you a little bit of an assist. Yeah. But it sounds like when he puts death to death when he puts Mm -hmm. that fear to death when he transfers you from death to life you go from scarcity to abundance He's offering a little bit more than just a couple fingers to lift the bar up.
2: Yeah, and this is why it's so important to read this story as a story or to read this letter as a letter, maybe as a sermon, as a homily, because we have this break right here at verse 18 into Hebrews chapter 3, 1, right? Mm -hmm. Which that break isn't there, Ah. and it's a continuation that the way he actually helps is the way chapter 3 is going to tell us, and the way that he helps is not merely by giving us the Holy Spirit that then is going to power us to overcome temptation. No, it's mm. by giving us the gift of himself in a completed work so that we can rest.
0: Ooh, because rest sounds a lot more fun.
2: Because that's how he helps those who are tempted. He says, oh, you're mm. being tempted and you're being tempted to do, 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 or to, you know, da, da. no, 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 no.
0: Just chill out.
2: Just rest because he who has died is now alive And his life is in you and it's done. Agree with that by faith. Yeah, peace. I'm excited.